0: It's legally unfiltered time. This is attorney Franz Borchardt. I'm here with attorney Richard Sprinkle. Legally Unfiltered is a radio show and a podcast that discusses legal issues in the media and legal issues that affect your lives. This week on Legally Unfiltered, we tackle presidential power when it comes to war, uh, both in the context of pardon, uh, pardoning. those accused of war crimes, as well as the president's ability to send soldiers places without a congressional determination of war. We thought this was appropriate because both in the media uh, recently, um, the powers that be, so to speak, without an official confirmation, Richard, the powers that be have, have indicated through the media that, that Trump, president Trump may be considering, uh, a presidential pardon of some individuals that are accused of war crimes right now and that are being, I guess, prosecuted through the military, as well as there is some talk and some some vibes that we're going to be sending soldiers some places. And, you know, a lot of people are raising question marks about that. It's some basic constitutional authority, but but we wanted to talk about it. So, Richard, tell us what
1: we're going to be talking about. Well, it's it's not as basic as you may think, Franz. We all know the president's the commander in chief. That's one of the powers he's granted in Article two of the Constitution. And we all know that Article one of the Constitution grants Congress the power to declare war, not the president. Right. But the reason Congress has the ability to declare war is why they control the purse strings. Right. They they, they control the money. So. We don't want to wait for Congress to come to a decision on whether or not it's time to send troops somewhere to be immediately reactive so the president has the ability to send forces out for a period of 60 days without congressional
0: approval and he's also given 90 days or excuse me an extra 30 days to withdraw them so what forces can he send which armed services can he send um what resources can he allocate within that time frame well in theory he can send any
1: of our Okay, so forces. it's
0: not a specific branch. It's,
1: it's not. It was at one time. It was traditionally the United States Marine Corps. That was always the president's little band of, of warriors that could go out and turn on a dime and do what needed to be done. And the, mainly the reason for that is the United States Marine Corps is on the only self-sufficient branch of the government. Even though it's a Department of the Navy, Marines will refer to that as the men's department. Um, they are a Department of the Navy and they have their own air Air Force, they have their own Navy, so to speak. The Marine Corps actually owns some ships that the Navy operates for them. They have their own vehicles. They have their own way to resupply.
0: You'll appreciate what I'm about to say, as a Marine, Richard. They can get it done. They basically. can get it done. Okay, exactly. so they can get to the place. They can, they, whether it's air or sea. Okay. So traditionally traditionally it was the Marines, but he has the authority to send any of our branches and and by extension, any of our resources. Right. right? That
1: was all part of the War Powers Doctrine. Um, But yeah, he can send any of our branches, any of our resources. There are reasons, again, to choose the Marines over the other branches. And for one thing, the Marines have just been training to do this kind of stuff forever. I mean, they are a reactionary force. Um, they're not an occupational force. They're not the force that goes out and wins wars. They're the force that goes out and wins battles. OK. And, and generally,
0: you bring your larger army in afterwards to win the giant war. So let me ask you a hypothetical. Sure. Let's say so, President Trump decides to send our troops somewhere. Okay. I don't know. Let's say somewhere <clears throat> off the Straits of Hormuz. Yes. Let's say that. Hypoth- already there. Yeah. So okay. <laughs> let, he sends he sends our troops someplace. And let's say Congress doesn't approve war. Right. What happens then? Well, remember what I said. Right. N- 90 days. Right. What? Ha- so at the end of the 90 days, he has to pull them out
1: mm. or just move them. <clears throat> You can always pull one regiment out and send another that, one
0: in. That's what I'm getting at. Yep. So it's not limit. It's it's not as cut and dry as
1: it's, it's limited to 90 days. Not as, okay. It's definitely not limited to ninety days. Um, there have been some rather substantial skirmishes over the years that started out as a president just sending give us give us out. some th- give us some examples we'll go historically. Back to the fifties, the Korean okay. conflict. All right. The, the Vietnam conflict. Right. Both of these were started by presidents who had the authority to send troops. In without congressional approval. Um, later, in, later on, um, my my big time was uh, operations Desert Shield slash Desert Storm.
0: You actually served in those.
1: It did. Um, okay. I, I can. I, I will. Just a quick history lesson. Um, Iraq invaded Kuwait on August second, nineteen ninety. On that date, I was at Camp Bullis, a satellite base out of Fort Sam Houston, an Army base uh, in, in near Houston, uh, in Texas, and um, we got recalled back to Twenty Nine Palms, California, because some little country invaded some other little country. It turned out Iraq invaded Kuwait, um, and within a matter of. 17 days, because August 19th, we were in country in a shipping warehouse on a wharf in Saudi Arabia, waiting for our orders to get sent out into
0: the desert. Well, let me ask you, let me ask you another question, because because, again, folks, if you can't tell, while Richard was a Marine or is a Marine, because once a Marine, always Marine, always a Marine, Franz Borkhart, ladies and gentlemen, did not serve in the armed forces. We still love you. I know. So so I guess from the standpoint of the soldier. The soldier that's sent out under a declaration of war by Congress versus the soldier that's sent out uh, under a presidential order, Mm -hmm. is there any difference? to that soldier in terms of their orders, in terms of their benefits while they're there, in terms of their salary, in terms of rules of engagement? Is it the same as if it were a declaration of war by Congress? Okay, I would have to... All right, mentally... I'm not trying to put you on the spot. No, no, no. no.
1: Mentally, I'm going to tell you that the the individual who finds himself in armed conflict better have the same mindset regardless. Now, uh, as far as what benefits and, and things like that, there are some benefits that may... May or may not, and and I don't know. I'd have to look them I, up. But you get things like hazard duty pay. You get things like combat pay. And I'm not sure if those have to be triggered by congressional approval or not. I do know that when we got shipped over, we weren't getting any of that special stuff until a certain point in the game. And I believe some of that pay got backdated to a certain point again you're asking me about stuff that happened 30 years ago well, so
0: i guess it i guess more what i was getting at is the rules of engagement the the international ru- ru- rules of oh, warfare those that's that's more what i'm getting at is because because we may not call it a war we may call it a conflict we may call it something else call it a dust up a
1: skirmish a dust what, off whatever you want
0: right but but from an international and national standpoint our mm-hmm. soul the soldier on the ground or in the plane or in the boat they're still bound by those rules of engagement if there are in fact such things as rules of engagement oh, there are yeah which there are oh there are you know a war is a war to the soldier is my point right right, right. okay okay so let's fast forward or, or let's Let's go to 2019. What's going on with President Trump right now? Because we're talking about this for a reason. Well, right now, uh, President Trump
1: is is considering some pardons. Uh, there are some uh, military folks that are facing uh, court martial. Um, they're they're facing uh, uh, war uh, war crimes accusations. Um, there's some Navy SEALs. There's some other folks that that are in, in a lot of hot water for things that they allegedly did in combat now particularly the navy seal who is uh who is is uh it, that was a uh, special operations chief edward gallagher was with the navy seals he is accused of shooting unarmed civilians and also killing a uh a, an, an enemy captive with a knife right and and
0: he's a he allegedly in, did all this right in front of his team this was in iraq this right. was right okay and and by the way folks At the time we're recording this episode, it's not yet Memorial Day. Memorial Day is right around the corner. And the big push in the media right now is that that Trump may be, President Trump may be be considering issuing these pardons on or around Memorial Day, kind of as a. Hail to the chief! And, and you know, well, God bless America. Let's, let's be honest;
1: he's trying to stroke the military and and you know make sure because we're at that we're at that point where campaigning for, starting. He's
0: running for re-election, right? Uh, well, of course, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of course. So so that that covers Gallagher, Chief Operation Special Operations Chief. I don't want to bump down anything. Special Operations Chief Gallagher. Um, there is also another. Well, there was a group of Marine snipers
1: right. who allegedly urinated on uh, dead Taliban bodies. And there's a photo of it that that uh, apparently shot around the Internet. So th- there's there's more than one instance here where guys may have done things that were a little outside of, uh, of, of military you know common military uh, decency common right. military bearing right really it's just you Gold, know we
0: we pride ourselves on having a professional fighting Gold, force goldstein is the other one that's that's under investigation right now or under prosecution right now which one see um Hmm.
1: See, the thing about these 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 types of war crimes is the military has it. I don't know if you're aware of this, Franz. The military has its own set of laws. You and I have federal and state laws that we're bound by. We also, because we're attorneys, have the rules of professional conduct that we're bound by. If you're in the military, you are bound by an extra set of laws called the Uniform Code of
0: Military Justice. So for our listeners, for our listeners, and 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 by the way, we'll talk about Goldstein in a little bit. He's a Green Beret. Um, he's accused of basically overkilling. And I, and I don't want to misstate this, Richard, because you know the guy is presumed innocent. Um, he's a Green Beret, essentially accused of killing an unarmed. Afghan man in 2010. Okay, Um, but but okay. Let's talk for a second about the military process. Mm -hmm. Is there due process? Are the constitutional rights still there? And are you tried by a jury of your peers? Um, Sorta, no, and no. Okay. there's
1: there's sort of due process, and and by that I mean, uh, let's say you get accused of something. Now now there's two ways it's going to go in the military. You either have uh, uh, what they call to call as NJP non-judicial punishment. That means you've gotten a little bit of trouble. You need a little slap on the wrist. Um, a lower grade commanding officer, like a company commander, or uh, you know somebody like that, can administer this. Uh, that's when you. Lose lose a little bit of pay. You get stuck in the barracks. Uh, you know, you're restricted to the barracks for a little while. You don't get to go out and have fun. All you can do is work, work, work. Um,
0: and you may lose a little bit of rank in an in a NJP situation. Well, I want to I talk about due process. Right. How does due process differ for the soldier than for the citizen? Well, I was getting to that.
1: I know. I know. You're, I'm excited. You're, you're accused of, of, of a thing and you are pretty much rushed right to judgment of a thing and that's that end of story now you can in this we're, we're, i'm still talking about the non-judicial punishment essentially the misdemeanor version okay um when you go and get your your sentence meted out you have the ability by the way to say look i don't want to do this non-judicial punishment thing i want a full-blown court-martial Not advisable, not advisable, because no matter what happens to you, the stakes raise greatly when you get to court martial greatly. Just we've talked about the trial tax on on other episodes in civilian court. It's greatly enhanced on the civilian side of things. who makes the determination in a court martial.
0: Uh, like who's the jury? So to oh, the speak. jury
1: in a court martial um, may or may not be a group of your peers because the jury in a court martial is made up of a group of officer grade personnel. Um, if, if everybody should realize there's there's officers in the military, there's enlisted guys in the military. Right. The officers have to have some sort of college degree to get a commission. Enlisted guys may have one. They may not have one. Um, officers make a little more money. They have way more responsibility. There's the difference. The officers are the leaders, the, the enlisted follow
0: the officer's orders. OK, so I guess my last question with regard to the process is, is these guys are facing real penalties, right? I mean, oh, they're they're real penalties. OK, so I mean, when I and when I say real penalty, real penalties,
1: jail time. Jail time. These are big boy charges. Uh, They will end up in a military prison if convicted. They will be stripped of rank and title if convicted. They will lose all their pay if convicted. They will wind up serving time. They will have felony convictions on their permanent records. And at the end of the day, they will be
0: dishonorably discharged from the military. So, so. If convicted. So, you know, and and there's a spectrum here, right? Major Goldstein is accused of essentially premeditated murder. Right. You know, there are others that are accused of urinating on bodies. Sure. You know, I guess as a civilian, what I'm troubled about all this is, is, uh, and I struggle with this point. We train young men and women Mm -hmm. to kill. Mm hmm. Right. Let's not mince words about it. We're no. not training them to, to 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 sew baskets. It ain't a bacon contest. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh-uh. So we're we're training them to kill. We're putting them in war zones that are highly stressful. I mean thousands of miles away from home. Sure. Stressful combat situations. Um people are trying to kill them, unless mm-hmm. we forget. It's not just that we're training them to kill, but people are trying to kill them. Mm-hmm. And we give them assignments, and then there is this level of PR second guessing. Now I'm not talking about I'm not talking about killing a defenseless human being that that is a otherwise a foreign civilian. I'm talking about a combat scenario where we where they kill someone. They're following quote unquote orders. And then we we get them home, and we start second guessing. Right? We start playing the game of it's a PR game of you know the optics of this situation. Look, it's my understanding. For example, Goldstein was cleared initially by the military, and then he was applying for a gig mm-hmm. later on, and this is when it resurfaced. Right. So, I mean, in as much as Trump is doing things for politics. Mm-hmm. I wonder sometimes if the prosecutions are also politically motivated as well. Well, the military
1: legal system is made up of judge, advocate, general officers. These are all uh, attorneys who are commissioned in the military, and they work either criminal defense, criminal prosecution or civil issues, um, just like out in the regular world. So... If I'm a prosecutor in the regular world, the civilian world, and I'm trying to make some certain political moves, maybe there's something sexy, something hot, some hot button issue out there right now that I look good as a prosecutor if I push those matters right. forward. Maybe that's the same thing in the military, because you're talking about people who are of a very limited pool. There's a limited number of lieutenants in the military right there's a smaller number of captains an even smaller number of majors an even smaller number of lieutenant colonels a tiny number of colonels and a in just a finite number of generals yeah, but, but so you're careers... talking about a very difficult career to move up in yeah S-
0: and it could be uh, it could be worth somebody's while to try and what rattle sabers so the other part of the conversation richard is and, and this was a a Article that came out, and it's Crenshaw, right? Um, believes, and, and I'm talking about Representative Dan Crenshaw from Texas. He's a Republican. Crenshaw is saying that m- the Navy SEAL should face war crimes trial first before Trump considers pardon. Right? Makes sense. Right. His position is we need to have a full public trial. Yeah. And 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 the public needs to be aware of what what these these. Well, it won't be a public. When I It'll say be public a full military, trial. I mean when I say public, I mean a uh, full trial, quote unquote transparent. The, well, <laughs> uh, it's you know not everybody gets well, that, to come on the le, base. Well, let me let <laughs> me. Well, that begs the next question for those listening: How public are these proceedings? How how military transparent? tribunals? Yeah, they're they're absolutely not public at all because so, they take place on a military so installation. John or Susie, news reporter, cannot be in the room while these 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 this is not like it depends so okay so let's they have to get permission to be on base they have to get permission to go to the tribunal um they'll have to have a visitor's pass so let's take a step the whole nine yards if we want to try someone for murder in the united states sure it's a It's a public trial by jury, which generally means that the press has the right to be in the room. Mm -hmm. Now, the press may not have the right to always film, record. You know, we sometimes see sketches, you know, pencil sketches or artistic renditions of scenes in courts. But we allow the press to be there, right? So so the press gets to be there. How does that, I mean, is it not as simple, essentially, from what you're saying, it's not as simple in the military? Well, for starters, in the military...
1: You asked earlier if you still maintain all your constitutional rights. And I said, sort of, because, yes, sort of doing is sort of don't. There's a lot of stuff you give up by being in the military. And one of those is the right to a public trial. I mean, people don't just get to stroll on base and go check out trials whenever they want.
0: It doesn't happen. Well, I guess the other side of this is, let's say let's for sake of argument, let's say you're you're one of these guys and you're innocent. Mm-hmm. your gallagher or your your goldstein and you you believe you did no wrong sure the pardon gets you off the quote unquote hook but it you makes know, but, it look like you did something right so so i mean there's there's a odd you know if i if i believe i didn't do anything wrong I want my day in court i want my day in court right. i want to be exonerated and then now if i lose i absolutely want and i'll take the part i'll take the part <laughs> then and, and, and look we're laughing folks but but not to be tongue-in-cheek but if you really are innocent right we, look every day richard and i represent folks that if we can get a a dismissal without having to go to trial we'll take that all day long oh you betcha and they walk out of the back the, the back of the courtroom and not out of a cell, but in the same breath, if you're really innocent and you're accused of of war crimes, Right. And by the way, when I say war crimes, who besides the military, is there any kind of international jurisdiction over here? Funny you should ask. On top of the Uniform Code of Military Justice,
1: uh, you also have the Geneva Convention, which has Yay. been around for quite a while. We all know that one. Yeah. That's the one that says the good guys have to act like good guys. And the bad guys are supposed to act like good guys, too. But guess who never follows the Geneva Convention? The bad guys. Right. Um, and then you also have what. Everybody in the military loves to refer to as ROE, Rules of Engagement. And by the way, that is a moving target. That gets set based on the theater of operations you're in because sometimes things are not permissible, sometimes things are okay. Now, obviously, killing civilians. Killing unarmed people, killing an unarmed uh, captive enemy combatant. These are going to be bad no matter where you are. But ROE does have a tendency to change based upon where you are. Because let's face it, some places you go, everybody's the bad guy. Some places you go, there are bad guys mixed in with lots and lots and lots of innocence. So you have to take the ROE with a little... Sounds like a
0: wonderful system to be prosecuted through I mean it's it just, ain't fun I'm so, sure of that so can there be in addition to this and I know we're running out of time can there be civilian consequences I mean, or whole it- other
1: topic for a whole other day, but yeah, you can you can wind up you can actually wind up getting prosec- uh, prosecuted for the same thing twice, uh, kind of like the whole dual sovereignty thing. For example, quick quick easy down and dirty example: uh, military man gets arrested for DWI out in town. Uh, he's going to face uh, you know penalties out in the municipal court. He's also going to get
0: slammed on base. We may revisit this topic. It's worth I mean, it. I mean, we, we're limited to time, but this sounds—this sounds, you know, for for the uninitiated. This, and from my pr- perspective, this sounds incredibly interesting and, and scary at the same time. That's about it for this this week's uh, Legally Unfiltered. Give us a shout on social media. Uh, listen to the podcast on normal podcast listening. And you can also shoot us an email at legallyunfiltered at gmail.com. Check us out on www.legallyunfiltered.com. So yeah, military, presidential power, funny world we live in, funny world. And it's going to all play out in real time very soon. So ch- stay tuned, guys. We'll revisit this. Have a great week. Richard Franz saying goodbye. The views and opinions expressed in Legally Unfiltered do not constitute legal advice. If you would like legal advice on the topics that we've discussed, send us money. That's right. Go ahead and retain us. Do not, kids, try this at home.